Years ago, a young salesman called upon me at my office. The subject of God arose, and he said he challenged anyone to prove God in the Holy Bible. I could tell in his demeanor that there was a sincere frustration he really wanted to know. I had what I call a proof series on cassette tape laying on the table. I told him to take the cassette series and to listen to it while he was driving from sales call to sales call. Several days later, the phone rang in my office. The young salesman was on the phone. He said he had listened to the entire proof series, which is nearly three hours long, and said he had a bone to pick with me. By the power of Holy Ghost discernment, I knew it really wasn't true, so I responded, that's not the truth. What has actually happened is that the loopholes have been closed and you're not willing to pay the price of salvation. He confirmed that to be the truth. Later on in the conversation, he surrendered his life to Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, and became a born-again son of God. God's inerrant truth closes up all the loopholes, and decisions must be made. If you believe something that's contrary to the word of God, then prove it. If you can't prove it, and you won't be able to, then it's not worth keeping. Throw it away and embrace the word of God found in the majority text King James Bible, for it is fully provable because it is the truth. Now for the issue of discussion. God said thousands of years ago that the spirit literally dwells in the belly. This idea may be shocking to some, but it should come as no surprise to Bible students that the spirit and the flesh are fully interactive. Jesus said in John chapter 7, verses 38 and 39, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Out of the belly of Holy Ghost-filled believers flows rivers of living water, because the Holy Ghost dwells there. Sound bizarre? Listen on. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Notice the direct association of the belly and spirit. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 8, it reads, The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14. The spirit of man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. Elihu was one of the men who counseled Job during his time of trouble. He had grown impatient, awaiting his time to speak. Notice the interaction between the spirit and the belly. Job chapter 32, verses 17 through 20. I said, I will answer also my part. I also will show mine opinion. For I am full of matter. The spirit within me constraineth me. Behold, my belly is as wine which hath no vent. It is ready to burst like new bottles. I will speak, that I may be refreshed. I will open my lips and answer. The spirit dwells in the belly. Concerning spirits, there are three. There is the spirit of man, the spirit of God, and the spirit of the devil. And inside these three categories are multiple facets or positions. Man is born with a carnal spirit as standard equipment. In regard to the Spirit of God, it must be sought. It comes into our lives and dwells when we surrender unto the Lord Jesus and put our carnal spirit in subjection to Him. On the other hand, Satan's spirit has an advantage in regard to man because the natural carnal spirit of man has kinship to the devil. This kinship is a product of the transaction Satan made with Eve and Adam in the Garden of Eden. 
When Eve, then Adam, disobeyed God, the spirit of life left them, and Satan's spirit, the spirit of death, took possession of the earth and of Eve and Adam's offspring. Carnality, which is at war with God, became the spirit of man. Concerning Satan's devil spirits, devils possess a human when that human opens himself to the evil. For a human to be set free from a devil, it must be cast out by the finger of God. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45, Jesus describes what happens when an evil spirit is cast out of an individual. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out, and when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he, and taketh with himself seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. The book of Revelation, chapter 16, verse 13, speaks about evil spirits coming out of the mouth. A human bound by an evil spirit foams at the mouth. In Luke chapter 9, verse 39, And lo, a spirit taketh him, and he suddenly crieth out, and it teareth him, that he foameth again, and bruising him hardly, departeth from him. When God created Adam, the Bible says, God did the following. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. When Jesus died upon the cross, Notice that he gives up the ghost, the spirit of life, with a loud shout. Are you recognizing the association of spirit and belly? The Lord Jesus speaks of the Holy Ghost who dwells in the spirit-filled believer's belly and says in John chapter 14, verse 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The Holy Ghost, in addition to many other things, is a supernatural teacher and memory bank. Brother Joshua received the spirit of wisdom when Moses laid its hands on him and ordained him to lead Israel, Deuteronomy 34.9. The spirit in the belly, whichever one it is, will lead and teach according to its predisposition. Concerning knowledge, one can know something spiritually that defies analytic head knowledge. Everyone experiences the spirit knowledge at various levels. A simple example would be arriving home and sensing in the spirit that your spouse was unhappy with you when no external knowledge tipped you off. You just kind of knew it in your gut. Or how about when someone says something to you and you just sense spiritually that that statement doesn't ring true? There is a special intuitive knowledge that is not head-brain based. Briefly, God said the Holy Spirit dwells in the belly and that it leads and guides in all truth. Man said, that's a ridiculous idea, just more evidence of the foolishness of the concept of God and his holy Bible. Now the record. December 1996 in the Ladies Home Journal in an article titled, How Smart Is Your Stomach? It was reported that scientists now believe there is a brain in your gut. Dr. J.D. Wood, chairman of the physiology department of Ohio State University, actually calls the brain in your gut the little brain. This little brain is really quite large, touting 100 million neurons which line the digestive tract from the esophagus to the colon. The brain in the gut, which is scientifically termed the enteric nervous system, has as many neurons, which are information centers, as the spinal cord. The following paragraph in the article reveals some very interesting observations. 
The little brain is connected to the big brain by the vagus nerves, a bundle of nerve fibers running from the GI tract to the head. And to the fascination of researchers, virtually all the classes of neurotransmitters found in the brain are also present in the gut. The more we learn about the enteric nervous system, the more similar it becomes to the brain, says Michael Gershon, M.D., Chairman of Anatomy and Cell Biology at Columbiana University College of Physicians and Surgeons in New York City. Imagine, your belly brain, the little brain, can know something before the brain between your ears does. The concept of gut feeling is known by all. A pediatrician was giving instruction to new parents in an article in Parenting Magazine and said, The best advice I can give you is to trust your gut. It's your best tool. End of quote. What spirit dwells in your belly has a real and dramatic effect on your belly. Earlier I quoted the passage that said the words of a tailbearer are as wounds and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. If the spirit of fear and anxiety dwells in your belly, it can cause things such as ulcers, skin disorders, nervous stomachs, heart attacks, and more. This should come as no surprise. Also note that the scriptures refer to a cognizance in the bowels of a human. Keep in mind, the little brain goes from the esophagus to the colon. Lamentations chapter 2, verse 11. Mine eyes do fail with tears. My bowels are troubled. My liver is poured upon the earth for the destruction of the daughter of my people, because the children and the sucklings swoon in the streets of the city. Then in Genesis chapter 43, verse 30, And Joseph made haste, for his bowels did yearn upon his brother, and he sought where to weep, and he entered into his chamber and wept there. There are many such examples of bowels having a type of knowledge. The last example is in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. God said thousands of years before science discovered its relevance that the spirit dwells in the belly, that it leads and guides and instructs, and that the bowels have cognizance. Man said that it is just more evidence of the foolish concept of God and his holy Bible. Now you have the record.